Welcome to Paranormal Things. This is your host Keith Frischkorn at Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Without further ado, or ado, not ado, ado. Uh, Expeditions Unknown, uh, Undersea Atlantis. I think it's near India somewhere, so. Josh Gates, Explorers. Old human presence here. The quest. There's like a billion people in India. The sunken city. flooded the city and everything was submerged. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What is this? Hold on. I think we've got something here. Whoa! That is definitely man-made. One week earlier. New York. I'll describe a legend and you see if you can name it. An ancient society said to be a utopia on Earth, an advanced civilization thousands of years ahead of its time. And at its peak, this magical city is swallowed by the ocean, leaving no trace behind. If you said Atlantis, well, you'd be wrong, because I'm talking about India's fabled city of Dwarka. Dwarka. Scriptures claim that Dwarka is a holy metropolis built by Hindus' greatest god, Lord Krishna himself. The city is said to boast crystal palaces, thousands of temples, and even the advanced knowledge to build flying machines. But in the wake of Krishna's death, the glittering kingdom sinks into the Arabian Sea, and all of its glory fades into myth. It's covered by a but now, archaeologists from the Indian government are uncovering evidence that the myth may be rooted in reality. Using modern technology, they've uncovered the remains of sunken structures, which some believe could be Dwarka, a revelation that would send shockwaves around the globe and could lead to priceless archaeological treasures. So I'm heading east to the shadow of the India-Pakistan border to join explorers who are searching for nothing less than paradise. In Dwarka. Washington travels to India in search of Dwarka. My name mythical is Josh kingdom. Gates. Look at that. With a degree Swell in archaeology and a passion for exploration. Find evidence of the stolen city. I have a tendency to end up in some Josh very strange situations. Into the Arabian sea. This is horrible. This is officially horrible. My travels have taken me to the ends of the earth as I investigate the greatest legends in history. We're good to fly, let's go. This is Expedition Unknown. Mumbia. Don't call it Bombay. This is Mumbai now. Even if its colonial past hangs over the city like a ghost. Home to over 20 million people, Mumbai is an eye-popping metropolis on a scale that's simply impossible to comprehend. Each of these guys have eight kids in them. It is a center of both industry and humanity. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Unimaginable wealth and desperate poverty sit side by side here in an urban arena of endless contradictions. But despite its chaotic atmosphere, despite its many challenges, Mumbai is, above all else, a place of possibility. 
a city of dreams. After all, this is the home of Bollywood, where people break out into elaborate dance routines for no reason whatsoever. Flash mobs. Josh Gay's video. Do we call it the Lost City of Dwarka? Dance? Imagine it got six foot three, about two seventy. To begin my quest to discover if the lost kingdom of Dwarka is fact or fairy tale, I head toward Iskan Temple, That's dedicated to Dwarka's supposed founder, like the, the Hindu god Krishna. Hinduism is the world's oldest and third largest religion, practiced by at least 850 million people. It is a complex belief system involving karma, death, and rebirth. Billion people just like Hindu sacred the, uh, deities adorn the walls of the Iskan Temple, a divine refuge against Mumbai's frenzied atmosphere. It's here that I meet with temple priest Parajada Devidasi. Parajada Devidasi. I have to confess that I really don't know very much about Krishna. I need kind of Krishna 101 here. Uh, Vedic scriptures say Krishna is the origin of everything that is and the one who is the supreme personality of God. Among Hindus, the most supreme being is Krishna. Krishna Portrayed Krishna. as the godchild, the prankster, the lover, and the warrior. So he's everything. Yes, he's everything. And so we're very interested in this story of Dwarka. And, and ancient Dwarka was meant to have been Krishna's city. So how does this place come about? Krishna was actually 5,000 years ago residing in Mathura. Mathura is Krishna's hometown. It is a place Mathura. where he was born. That place was attacked by two demons. He <laughs> wanted to make a city where no man could actually enter. And that's when he erected the fort of Dwarka. According to legend, Krishna summoned divine powers to erect the towering city of Dwarka, which rose up out of the ocean, surrounded by a massive stone boundary wall to protect the city from invaders. Parajata leads us into the temple's library, which houses thousands of ancient Sanskrit writings. There, she brings out a sacred document known as the Mahabharata that reveals more about Dwarka and its fate. This is one of the oldest and ancient Vedic scriptures. We are going to just read a little bit here about Dwarka. And how is Dwarka described? Dwarka is described as one of the most unique cities in the universe. 
It actually was an expansion of Krishna's energy. It was a very rich and opulent city. All the buildings were made of gold. They all were skyscrapers and the tops of these buildings actually were floating in the clouds. The city and its palaces were festooned with jewels and gems. It is also described as being highly advanced, with cryptic illustrations showing vimanas, or so-called flying machines. It was, quite simply, the grandest city on earth. This richness and opulence reflected into its, its citizens, amazing. where everyone was always happy. Cities it was like a utopia. What becomes of the city of Dwarka? The boundary wall was broken and from all the sides the ocean actually flooded the city with water and uh, everything was submerged under the ocean. So is it there? So if it does exist, it would be submerged? Submerged, yes. The question is, are these ancient manuscripts purely myths? Or could the fabled city of Dwarka be based on a real place? And if so, does that mean Krishna may have been a flesh and blood king? A team of scientists believes they may have discovered something under the water that could rock the foundations of history as we know it. And I'm Probably going to it. join them. To reach the dig site, I'll need to get to the coast. Anybody so I make a beeline for the local train Indian station, Ocean, which could easily be mistaken for dark a Victorian hair, castle. Skin. Hindu Indians. Inside, however, things are decidedly less regal. Oh boy. Tens of thousands of people course through the station as journeys across the subcontinent begin and I mean, end. Amateurs need tens not of apply. Thousands of this is next level commuting. When it comes to train etiquette in India, there really is only one rule. Do anything you can to get on board. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. We got it, come on, come on, he has to push himself through a door. He's a big boy, too. Ain't nobody going to get down one class of service. around him. Intimate. This poor guy is in my armpit. Sir, how are you doing down there? I, I'm so sorry. It's been a long day. It's hot out. Mumbai's railway system really is the lifeblood of the city. Thousands of trains covering thousands of miles of tracks. Every day, nearly 8 million people ride these rails. That's the entire population of Switzerland. Yeah, it's crowded, but it's also spectacular. Unreal. The world is just a big... The colors. The sounds. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. The danger. Forget seatbelts, there aren't world even doors. People just hang out of boxcars that whip by each other at 60 miles an hour. Luckily, it's only a 14-hour ride, so I got that going for me. Leaving Mumbai, I'll actually catch a series of trains about 600 miles northwest near the border of Pakistan, in a city named after our ancient legend, Dwarka. Dwarka. A real Dwarka. One that's on the on land. After hours aboard the Darjeeling Limited, strangers tend to become friends. Hell, a jam session even breaks out with the drummer sitting in my lap. And as much as I'd like to stay for the encore, this is my stop. Jesus. Okay, here we go. Sorry, guys. Gotta go. Can you imagine this? I'm listening to exposition and the.
Duarte, India. Dawn. Colorful. And I'm spilling out onto the streets of a place I've never been to before. A seaside city filled with pilgrims people, and people temples. Bathe. This is the modern-day city of Dwarka. It's a place that's incredibly In significant. And that's because this is where stream. Lord Krishna supposedly built his opulent kingdom. The question this is where? To find out, I'm meeting with a researcher named Amish, who's part of the search team trying to find the ruins. On a glittering beach at the edge Manish. of the Arabian Sea, I meet explorer Amish Shaw. Amish. Josh, how are you? I'm good, man. Nice to meet you. Same. This is, uh, like, the most impressive place ever. This is modern-day Dwarka. It's stunning. So, according to legend, ancient Dwarka was submerged by the sea multiple times. They say there was palaces of gold and it was dripping in wealth. What's the thinking? That it was here? It's near here. We could be standing right on top of it. So when did the search for ancient Dwarka really I kick off in earnest? It started around the around early 60s. Okay, uh, there was a world-famous archaeologist. His name was Dr. Rao. Evidence. They were demolishing a building here in modern-day Dwarka, and they found a piece of a temple probably like this big. And so they started excavating a little bit more around this temple, and it ended up being a seven-story temple. Underground. Underground. Dr. S.R. Rao led the excavation of what turned out to be a more than 3,500-year-old temple buried under the city streets. It sparked his interest in finding out just how old this city is and why it shares its name with the legendary old. sunken kingdom. That's one of them. Where did Rao and his team start looking for the ancient city? Rao started looking offshore, because if this ancient city was submerged under the sea, well, where else to look right. besides in the sea? You're looking for a sunken exactly. city, you go to the ocean. And so that's why we're here. We are continuing this search. We are continuing to try and find this ancient city. And have things been found off the coast? Yes, things have been found. Really? What's been found? What well, I have. can tell you about it, or I can show you. Show, no show, show must me. be yeah, yeah. so big you can't. See it. Amish leads me to a waiting boat that takes us into the Arabian Sea, where a research vessel is currently anchored offshore. I'm not certain some what I'm about to see, but I'm starting to wonder if the sunken Indian Atlantis and the home of a Hindu god could be right beneath us. Beautiful, clean blue. Not clean, but clear water. I've traveled to India in search of the truth behind the legend of a sunken Atlantis-like city known as Dwarka. An archaeologist named Dr. S.R. Rao first investigated the shores of western India in the belief that the mythical city could be real. Now, explorer Amish Shah has taken me out on the Arabian Sea to reveal what archaeologists have recently discovered here. We approach the Indian government's research vessel, which is anchored above the site. Hello! We're welcomed aboard by Dr. A.S. Gaur, expert diver, Bhima Plumber, and Dr. Sundaresh from India's National Institute of Oceanography. So Dr. Rao thought this might be a location for ancient Dwarka. Yeah, this is the spot. Is this an area where people commonly go diving? Not so much. There are some security problems, so, and this falls under very high security zone area. Right. So difficult to get permission. So what's the plan of attack for today? We're going to go diving. We want to show you some of the things that have already been found. And then we're going to clear off some seaweed and some kelp and some sand and try and find some new stuff. Okay, great. Let's get wet, yeah? We suit up to dive in these restricted waters. We're spitting distance from Pakistan, and tensions run high between the two nations. But with rare government permission to explore these waters, I dive in, eager to see what the scientists have found beneath the waves. 
expert diver. Okay, he's been down. in every kind of water. Like I said, man's fearless. Nothing bothers him. Not claustrophobic like me. Not afraid to fly like me. I'll be flying in two weeks. clearing away the thick vegetation, and I join in. Fighting Less through the that. algae to get a look at the ocean floor. It's hard to tell if this is coral under here. Josh, you gotta check this out. I race over to see what Bima and the other divers have just revealed. Whoa, look at that! That is definitely man-made! Those are clear, right angles. There's no way that this is natural. This is a stone that has definitely been carved for some sort of structure. But what, I can't yet tell. Looks like a footer. That's incredible. Could Let's be a footer. This is we begin furiously ripping up seaweed around the site. Soon, we found another stone. Here! Right here! And then another. I think we've got another one here. And another. There are stones everywhere. Absolutely, this is architectural. These are ruins. Bima, how much of Amazing. this is down here? We've found quite a lot, but it's all scattered over 200 meters. According to holy manuscripts, the ancient city of Dwarka was built by the Hindu god Krishna himself. Except us. Exploring these undersea ruins, I'm starting to wonder if this legend is a legend at all. Check this out. That's awesome! 100% man-made! What on earth is it? It may be the base for a column. So this would have been some sort of foundation to support a pillar. Exactly. That is outrageous. Awesome. Pedestals are the only architectural one. element here. We see arched stones yeah, arched that clearly stone. fit against one another, and even what appear to be interlocking pieces. How much of the site do you think you've uncovered? The ocean keeps revealing new things. There might be a lot more underneath this. So the question is, is this ancient Dwarka? That's what we have to figure out. We've got to put this all together. To think that all of this is just sitting the down here. Hindus right on the, the wall. Car things on the wall. I'm out of breath. Not because I'm low on oxygen, but because I'm overwhelmed at seeing the remains of a sunken city. Once we finish our survey, we head to the surface to regroup. This gentleman is Josh Gates, Mr. Fearless. That was incredible. That site is there amazing. Almost every turn we took, we found another block that looked like it fits to the last block. Exactly. It was, awesome. it was like a giant puzzle. Yeah. You can see the whole thing fits together. Yes, yes. So what do you think those blocks are forming? A wall? Some kind of a structure, like harbor. Harbor, a uh, port. Yeah, uh, yeah. So do you think there's a lot more down there? Okay. Yeah, yeah, much more down in this one. So more to see. Yes, yes, yes. That was astounding. Thank you so much. Yes. This site is incredible and historic. But we don't yet know if it's the legendary city of Dwarka. The only way to know for sure will be to map more of the ruins to learn their full extent. Well, it's near Dwarka. Exactly we that, can the deem it. Have one of the best geophysicists <laughs> near modern-day Dwarka. Right now. But Amish has more to show me before he arrives. He believes that as impressive as the ruins are, they're only the beginning. We head to shore. There, Amish is going to reveal to me the place where this entire story began. The legendary temple of a Hindu god. 
I'm in India, searching for a legendary paradise on Earth, a gold-clad city known as ancient Dwarka. Explorer Amish Shaw guides me to shore and into the bustling streets of the modern city of Dwarka. Up a steep flight of stairs, we enter a place that's at the very heart of this legend. So here we are, Dwarka Dish Temple, one of the holiest places in all of India. To be over 2,000 years old, Dwarkadesh is said to have been built by Krishna's great grandson and is one of the four cardinal sacred temples of India, which sit at the four edges of the country. Here in this western temple, there are engravings which depict parts of the Krishna myths, including references to the Atlantis like city of Dwarka. This is an arti, a sacred Hindu religious ceremony. Offerings are made to Krishna, and the devoted line up to have their foreheads daubed with fragrant mud from the nearby river. This is known as a tilak. Prayers are offered, and then they celebrate. Americana, definitely calling them American. To the people of India, ancient Dwarka is no myth. It is an extension of a belief system shared by a billion people. And amidst the cacophony of prayers, tears, and smiles, I find myself ready to believe in anything. It's a joyful feeling. After celebrating in Krishna's name, we get back to our more earthly investigation of the legend. The ruins we investigated are just off the coast of modern Dwarka, and Amisha's team is working at a dig site on an island to the north that may be related to the ruins. To get there, we walk into modern Dwarka's busiest port. Alright, this place is hopping. Yeah, this is called Oka Port. They use it for fishing, they use it for trading. And they use it for something else, which is getting to Bet Dwarka. What is Bet Dwarka? Bet Dwarka is the island where they say Krishna lived. His palace was there, and it was okay. a palace made yeah, out of gold. At one point, this gold. island was actually connected to the mainland, and what happened gold was must it was be like all over the world. That's why we got to take a ferry across. In certain okay. places that Hope they you're not claustrophobic. Oh, transfer. Hope you're not claustrophobic. Thousands of pilgrims are trying to cross over to the sacred island, which they believe was part of the mythical city of ancient Dwarka. The boarding process is a little more orderly than the train I took to get here, but then again, I didn't have to worry about my train sinking. Feels like we might be a little overloaded. Just a little. I'm sure the life preservers are right around here somewhere. It's a glorious day, and we're headed to a mysterious island. What could possibly go wrong? Mysterious island. Other than the fact that we're sailing under a thousand seagulls. Oh. Poo poo. Oh, hold on. Oh, no. Got me. They got you. Got me. Are you okay? Well, they say it's good luck. I know. They say that. It's just to make you feel better because you got to come. Okay, so at one point, all of this water that I see around here was all land? Yes, and it was submerged by tsunamis and storms and all that stuff. It's a fact that and in the past, the island of Bet Dwarka was once connected to the mainland. Some believe the ancient city of Dwarka may have been located here, only to have been consumed by the rising ocean. Wow. 
has Petwarka and these waters been extensively excavated? They have not been extensively we excavated. Have three years they could just be waiting for us down there. Just waiting for us right now. <laughs> 2020, so 2018. After a 20-minute crossing, we reach the island and find ourselves with room to breathe. We made it. We did it. We made it. We've got space. Yeah. <laughs> and where you go, you're claustrophobic because of them. Our transportation to the site is on the other end people. of Bet Dewarka's busy port market, offering like a colorful feast for the eyes and stomach. While I'd like to sample everything, kids. Amish suggests that I shell out for one of India's oldest currencies. Shells are a big deal here, yeah? Very big deal. You see them everywhere. Yep. In ancient times, it was a huge source of wealth for Dwarka. And shells are a big part of the Krishna legend as well. He would blow the conch shell before wars, and then they would prepare for battle. Cool. Can I try? How do you do it? What's the move? Boy, it smells like the sea. <coughs> it's fresh. This guy wants to get into his dueling banjo situation, I, I see. It's all hard shot. holding out for a record contract, we carry on. The streets are awash with pilgrims who peruse stalls selling an endless array of Krishna icons. Beneath the crumbling walls of a Hindu temple, we find a cab stand, as well as our ride, which may be the island's greatest relic. This is incredible. Let's go, come on. Is, let's go. These things have many names. Tuk-tuks, moto-taxis, death traps. Whatever you call them, these three-wheeled rickshaws are India's version of Uber. They're noisy, rickety, and loads of fun. Paradise, won't you come and meet me there? Do we find any evidence of the walker? Ancient That's it. We gotta walk the rest from here. Okay, let's do it. In the middle of a field, a dry field. Honestly, because it was. Amish brings me Indian. to the shoreline where his team is excavating. However, the site doesn't require shovels to be revealed. All you need are your eyes. This is the ancient wall. Look at that! That is cool! On a tiny unknown. island in western India, I'm examining newly uncovered ruins that may be connected to the legendary lost city of Dwarka. This is the ancient wall. Oh, look at that! That is cool! It's amazing how the stones are And it goes, deep. It goes deep, and it actually keeps going around the whole entire perimeter right here. Yep. So this one is really, really amazing, like, and it's so clear. You can just see that wall was built right there. Erosion is actually revealing more and more pieces of wall that right. are older and older. The walls are clearly ancient and form a perimeter around the edge of the island. In the ancient texts, they talk about how Krishna had built a fortification wall to protect the citizens of Dwarka. And so everything matches up. 
it's undeniable that you have a very old human presence here. That's great. All right, you're making me a believer here. We follow the wall to its end, and Amish brings me down to what I expect will be another empty stretch of beach. Instead, I find this. Digging. Full-scale operation here. Amish and his team are excavating along the shoreline to determine if the crumbling walls here really could be part of Krishna's holy city. We need Here's some kind of stuff evidence. we found today. Pottery? This is just from today. This is just from today. So these are all different pieces of pottery. You can see this is the rim of a pot here. That's awesome. None of this is modern. No. Some of it dates back all the way to 1500 BC. Incredible. Overall, what's been found out on this beach? One of the most astonishing things that was found here was a seal. A seal? It was a identification, kind of like a token, made out of a conch shell. The seal is extremely old and depicts a three-headed animal. Shockingly, it also aligns to the myth of Dwarka perfectly. And what's really interesting about this seal is that in the ancient text of the Mahabharata, it was said that Krishna commanded the people of Dwarka to wear a seal. Around their necks? Around their necks. Aha! Legend says these conch shell seals were the calling cards of Dwarka's citizens, which means there could be many more of them here. If we find more of these seals, that would prove that this would be the ancient Dwarka that we're looking for. Since we're looking for artifacts from a submerged city, Amish is using a secret weapon, a dredge, which can help us collect remains along the shore. I thought it was a submersible, but I guess that's Okay, she's alive. You're running the engine, I'm running the dredge? That will do it. All right, here we go. The dredge works by suctioning sand and water through the intake hose and running it out the back through metal screens, which filter out heavier objects. This is the archaeological equivalent of vacuuming. We spend the next few hours working the dredge in the shallows, moving back and forth directly in front of the ancient wall. Hey Josh, it's getting full. Let's take it back in and take it out. You got it, man. We pull the unit back to shore to see what we've got. Okay, so this guy comes up, right? Yes, it does. Wow, look at this piece. Shell. Looks like it's from a conch shell and it was sliced. You can see it's perfectly sliced. Perfectly sliced. Look yeah. how flat the top is. Right. Right? So this is not something that happened in nature. This no. this human beings. This was a human beings. That's cool. That's very cool. The shell is the same material used to make the seal previously found here. And since it's definitely been shaped by human hands, this is more evidence of a significant ancient presence on this island. Let's keep looking and keep making the case. Let's do it. Really cold day. Big piece of pottery, actually. The face of what they call oil nice lamps. The they would fill it with ghee, which is like an oil. Uh -huh. They put cotton in there. They call it divas. And then they would light it, and they would, you know, turn into a little lamp, basically. Ceramic oil lamps like this were used in Hindu ceremonies and are often associated with temples and sacred places. Just piling on more evidence, more evidence. Of, of not just things being made here, but of ritualistic use. Ritualistic use of Krishna's time. Right. We continue sifting through the dredge, examining every single item trapped inside the screens. What's this? It's taken time and patience, 
but we've just found something here that is definitely not a seashell. Whoa, 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 what is this? Little idol? We're back. I'm on an island off the coast of India, investigating the legend of a sunken utopian kingdom. Modern day to determine if it existed, though, I've been picking through the mud. What is that? Ceramic? Yeah, it's a piece of ceramic. Looks like a bead from a necklace or maybe a bracelet of some sort. It's intact, too. Yes. That is incredible. Wow. That what is kind of so stuff? beautiful. Perfectly preserved bead. Yep. Not quite an ancient seal, but... Not far off. And it was said that the seals were worn around their necks. The bead may well be from the same time period as ancient Dwarka, and adds another piece to a tantalizing puzzle. It's just incredible that all of this stuff is just sitting out here. Out here, yeah. On this empty beach and yep. waiting for people to recover. Metal detector, items, get one. What can we say? Well, what we can say is that we're building a case because we found so many things, right? We saw the wall, we saw the pottery, the seal, jewelry making from the bead. What that means is that there were people here and these people were specifically doing things related to Krishna in ancient Dwarka times. Right. Archaeologists have barely scratched the surface on this island, but the evidence is already mounting. The items we've uncovered, and especially the ancient seal, demonstrate a vibrant culture here and strong indications of ritual and ceremony. But is it ancient Dwarka? We catch the ferry back to the mainland with hopes that the next day will bring us the proof we've been seeking. First light, we're back on the streets of modern Dwarka. Amish is taking me to meet up with geophysicist Dr. Richard Bates, an old friend of mine who's going to help the explorers at the dive site get a better look beneath the waves. Josh, hey. you know Richard? Hey, hey Josh. How are you? Good, how are you? That's about right. Yeah, pretty good. Yourself? Good. I'm really good, thanks. Excellent. So they've, they've roped you in to do some scanning here? Yeah, absolutely. Out here in the bay, you know, some of the things they found out there? I've seen a bit of what's out there. It's incredible. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we're going to use the geophysics to try and look where that is, map it, and expand it out. Right. Look for, is there any more of it? If I take it, we're headed back to sea. We're heading back to sea. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. We've already seen that there are ruins offshore, but Richard's tech can help us discover how much more of it is down there. We load onto a small fishing boat turned research vessel with the latest in tow-controlled autopilot. Tow but as I've come to expect from They're Richard, the ride may not be flashing, the but the technology aboard is state-of-the-art. All right, so Richard, you brought your usual assortment of very dangerous-looking electronics. Indeed, yeah. So walk me through this. What is this all doing? We're trying to make a map of the seafloor. Yep. And so we're going to do that with echo sounding. So sound rays going down, bouncing off the, the seafloor. By is looking he Australian? Both sides of the boat. But to get an New accurate Zealand? picture of that, we need to know where we are. Right. We've got GPS up there. And then finally, where the sonar is underneath the boat, we've also got a motion unit. So it'll measure every roll, pitch, and heave of this boat. Got it. Okay, and all of that's working together to create an accurate map. Indeed. We commence a day-long scan of the waters off the coast of modern Dwarka. We pass over the ruins we previously dived, and soon it's clear that the debris field extends to other areas as well. Wow. Ooh. Look at that right there. Since the yeah. ocean moved, what is that? moved all oh, up, you've got a whole it could be miles, it could be miles along the coastline. Right. 
it just seems to be this, yeah. this strange thing coming out right here. That's right, and there's another patch of them in the middle of it. Right. Something's yeah. down there sticking out of the sand. Yeah, absolutely. And you can see, see the big scatter of them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this feels like a really interesting spot. Any idea what those anomalies might be? No, but we can go diving and find out. Okay, let's go link up with the with the main dive boat. Yeah, let's see if we can figure it out. We record the location and motor over to the archaeologists on the dive boat. Hello, we're back. We got some great targets out there. Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely some stuff to check out. Okay, let's do it. Now that we're back on board with the team from the Institute of Oceanography. We fire up the engines and move the large vessel to the new site. Strapping on our scuba gear, Bima, Dr. Gower, and I dive in to see what the sonar has picked up. We begin to search the seabed to locate our first target. Mostly sandy bottom down here, not seeing anything yet. The sonar had hits around here, but I don't see anything structural like we saw before. Good to see we are. Here. Let's keep moving. The site doesn't appear to have stone ruins like we saw earlier, but with seaweed covering much of the bottom, it's hard to be sure. Hold on, I think we've got something here. Yep, there's a mammoth stone. What is this? on this. Something must have slotted through here. I think we're looking at a stone anchor. This is extraordinary. This is clearly man-made. A stone anchor, likely thousands of years old. Definitely part of the ruins. Definitely. That is huge. Super exciting news. Let's try to bring it up if we can. Yeah, I'll see if we can get some rope down here and try to drag it or lift it out of here. We're about to attempt to raise a piece of ancient Indian history from the sea floor. Bima quickly ties a rope to the large stone. Okay, rope is secure. I'm ready to try to move it. Copy that. The anchor weighs hundreds of pounds, meaning everyone topside will need to pull. Not moving yet, guys. Nothing's happening. Wait! Using multi-scan sonar to study ruins that could be the sunken city of Dwarka, we've discovered what appears to be an ancient stone anchor. I do this well, I'm not a very experienced editor. And now, we're attempting to raise it for the first time in millennia. Oh, oh, must be... Not moving yet, guys. Nothing's pounds. in amazement as it rises to the surface. Keep pulling just a few feet 
Man. I'm cold and I'm tired. Exhausted. This is awesome. Great work. Oh, so no, definitely yeah. an anchor, yes? Yeah. Yeah. And what is it made of? Uh, this uh, appears to be limestone. And this is one of the oldest form of the anchor, dating back to 2500 BC. Wow. Almost 5,000 years old. This puts it firmly in the era believed to be Krishna's. If this is ancient Dwarka, then the anchor may have been there to see it. The structures that we're seeing here could be part of this ancient Dwarka? This was a part of Dwarka because harbor belonged to Dwarka. Sure. There is no doubt. And this question of the legendary Dwarka, yeah. do you think that it's possible that this is a legend that's rooted in a real place, that's rooted in a real city? It seems like things are lining up that way. You know, from the archaeological evidence to the verbal tradition that's been passed down for thousands of years, the stone anchors proves it, right? Right. There is a lost city. There is a lost city. And this. hopefully time will tell what else is down there. Yeah. Yeah, we just gotta keep on digging. Five thousand sure. year old anchor from a. And so this anchor, this is for me to take boat. home, right? Yeah, you can take. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna be hard to get on the plane, yeah, but I'll try. We return to the shore with rock solid proof that in the waters off of modern Dwarka, there is a much There's older a city or something. and ancient structures waiting to be excavated. And on land, the discovery of ceremonial jewelry and a massive wall seem to align with the legend of Lord Krishna's holy city. In time, archaeologists may find irrefutable proof that Dwarka isn't just a religious parable in an ancient text. And perhaps Lord Krishna himself may have been a flesh-and-blood king. I leave India entranced, swept up in thousands of years of myth, devotion, and celebration. Tradition, I'm celebration. eager to see what archaeologists turn up next. Beautiful. But for the beautiful, citizens of modern Dwarka country. and the nearly lot of people Hindus around the world, Everywhere this legend look. is more than just real. It's divine. There you have it. The expedition unknown. Expedition unknown. The city of Dwarka. Beautiful country, like I said before, a billion people. Till we meet again, sleep tight.